and welcome to the Big Review Scheme. My name is Owen, there's Rory, and Rory, this sounds like a lovely film about Irish mammies. Does it? Uh, okay. Yes. Well, let me let me let me correct. Let me clarify. It's not as often. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are not my mother. Which, interestingly, that's the name of it here. But uh, I think in some territories abroad, maybe in America or Canada, it's called Sawan, which gives a uh, oh okay. I mean, like it's Irish. It's it's set on Halloween. It's creepy time, um, and debatably. One of the best Irish horror movies ever made. Now, I know we actually don't have a huge, deep well of Irish horror to choose from, but I think this could be ranked alongside and would actually make an interesting companion piece to uh, The Hole in the Ground. Yes. Where in that movie, we had a mother who was like, is that my son? I'm not sure if that's my son. And this is, is that my mom? I'm not sure if that's my mom. Uh, and we're about to hear from the movie's writer and director, Kate Dolan, and the movie's, is that my mom? Question marks, Carolyn Bracken, uh, who's playing Angela. And uh, yeah, so nice long chat with these uh, with these two ladies about their new horror movie, which just premiered at the Dublin International Film Festival last week and will be released in our cinemas on Friday 4th of March. Same day as The Batman. Clever. Oh, good luck to everybody. Good luck to everybody there. Yes, equal box office for for those. Please, would be great. Uh, obviously, go see the Batman, but obviously, do support Irish cinema, especially when it's good. Do not support Irish cinema when it's bad. I fully endorse not going to see bad Irish movies, but this is a good <laughs> Irish movie. And if you like horror, and uh, if best of all, it's like ninety minutes. Perfect. Whereas the Batman That's- is three hours. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is true. Well, do you know what? I'm going to alternatively call this film the Bad Man. So we got the Batman oh. and the Bad Man. That that works as a spiritual kind of double bill. Whenever both of these are released on Friday, uh, the fourth of March. Just a, a quick word. Like again, there's a bit in the trailer of this where the mommy comes into the child's room and says, like in in her in her Dublin, because again, this is Dublin set film as well. Um, says to her child in her Dublin accents, like. Are you awake? And this is like my mommy again from Dublin. She said that, and I don't want to be terrified of my mommy for the rest of my life. So is this film going to ruin me, basically? Uh, no, because your mommy and the is... relationship, the relationship I have with my mother. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's not. I'm not a therapist, but uh, <laughs> you, uh, your mommy is your mommy, and you know that. Whereas you. this, uh, this mommy may or may not be this girl's mammy. So that's, therein lies the, the, the problem. <laughs> the crux of the issue. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a very dark and interesting uh, psychological horror set in Dublin. It has one of the most memorable opening scenes in recent memory where like it immediately just sets you on edge and you're like, Oh God. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I kind of maintains that sense of dread all the way through. Um, so yes, yeah, so you'll hear from Kate and Carolyn about um, the kind of quote unquote elevated horror I'm doing. I'm actually using quotes, even though I know this is a podcast. I can see that. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. So just the idea of that and how it doesn't really make a lot of sense because elevated horror is just horror. That's been good and has existed since, you know, kind of cinema started. Um, And lots of other fun stuff too. And also I'm not going to spoil it right now, but the use of a particular Irish song by a particular Irish artist and how they managed to take this lovely, lovely, just iconically 
beautiful good time song and make it terrifying in this film. And that's all I'm going to say right now. One Horse Time by The Thrills. Is that... Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's it. That's a good tune. I can't wait to be terrified by that and my own mother as well. So this is our chat with Kate Dolan, Carlin Bracken for brand new Irish horror film. You are not my mother. Kate and Carolyn, how are you both doing today? Good. We're feeling very excited because our diff um, premiere is tonight. So I think, yeah, it's an exciting day. I wish I was in the audience for it because uh, I uh, I can imagine how this film will play out in a packed screen because, and I mean this <clears throat> with the utmost compliments, there, there are horror movies that can do like jump scares and then there's horror movies that have a constant sense of dread. And what I loved about <laughs> this is that there is both. Uh, there are moments where I was like, oh, good God. And, like if I had popcorn, it was gone. But also for the entire film, I was like, Come on, just give me the jump scare. Just give me the release <laughs> that I need. Um, so, first of all, really enjoyed the movie. So, congratulations. And second Thank of you. all, a question for you both: What's your favorite scary movie of all time? See, that's a hard one for me because I'm a big, I'm a horror lover and a horror fan. So, me I have too. about a hundred uh, favorite scary movies. I'm gonna go with like a classic one that really scared me when I was young because I think of the like latent Catholic guilt uh, was The Exorcist I was constantly afraid I was going to get possessed by the devil when I was a teenage girl so that that one yeah I'll go with that uh, for me I wouldn't like I'm a fan of horror but not to the extent that uh, at Cages and I was a big Stephen King fan when I was growing up and everything definitely The Exorcist I remember it was re-released in the cinema when I was about 13, 14, and I went to see it and it scared the living daylights out of me. And then kind of nowadays, I absolutely adored The Babadook and oh, yeah. It Follows. So uh, both of them now really hit with that, that unsettling, dready feeling, which I enjoy in a horror. Yeah. It's, that's something I'd like to ask you about as well. Like Kate, as the writer director, and Carolyn, like you've, if you offered these scripts for genre movies like this, there's this conversation lately about, uh, and I don't like using the phrase myself, elevated horror. It's if like it's all of a sudden people have realized horror can come with an IQ and an emotional weight behind it. But it does seem like those kind of movies are definitely getting more attention than they might've done back when Scream or I know what you did last summer was like what everyone wanted from horror movies. Uh, is that something you've noticed yourself in terms of like, getting this film made or the, the parts that you're being offered in potentially movies like this, that there is that elevated, I'm using the word even though I don't like it, type uh, of horror kind of coming to the foreground now? Yeah, I think like definitely there's a real taste for elevated, as you say. It's funny for me though, because I'm like such a horror nerd. Like I, you know, love horror movies and I've watched low, like whatever. I love the really cerebral horror, but I love like, watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix at the weekend you know what I mean like I think I'm very kind of um uh I have great respect for all genre movies I don't think I kind of and you know it's very funny to me the idea of Elevated because as you say it kind of like 2017 everyone just thought all of a sudden horror movies had something to say but like you know there's amazing horror movies from the 60s 70s like even the 1940s that are really interesting and have a lot of kind of interesting themes and really like kind of dark things as well and like you know existential crises and I think 
Um, yeah, it's funny to me. I feel like, you know, it's kind of new horror fans, I think, that think that. But um, I'm happy for anyone to call it whatever they want. As long as there's more people enjoying horror movies, I kind of don't don't really mind. I'm like, yeah, let horror kind of have its moment. I'm happy with that. <laughs> and what about for yourself, Caroline? Have you noticed like a change potentially in, I guess, the the types of characters that might normally be offered to you in this particular genre of, of movie making? Like I'm, I'm pretty new. Like this would be my first lead role in a, in a feature. So, you know what I mean? I'm still kind of, you know, in the, in the very infancy stages of, of, of all of this, but just in terms of, you know, the term elevated horror and things like that, like I've, uh, I've, I've witnessed and viewed horror on a spectrum ever since, as long as I can remember, do you know what I mean? I, to me, uh, the term elevated horror, it's, it's always been there in my rudimental knowledge of, uh, of horror. Um, so yeah, in terms of, um, the kind of parts that are being offered, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I've seen it growing up and in my adolescence and then adulthood, I've seen that, that vein, um, on that, on the spectrum of horror all along. So, uh, to me, it isn't all that new. It's always been there, you know? I just, for yourself, uh, Carolyn, um, the character of, of Angela is such an, I imagine such an interesting one as a performer because she isn't just one thing. Um, without getting into any spoilers whatsoever, there's it's almost as if you have an opportunity to play like three completely different people across the spectrum of the film. Is that a lot of fun for you, knowing like this is who I am now, uh, but this is who I might be next week? Uh, or uh, like it was this, uh, you both, both potentially could answer this, like was it shot sequentially so you could kind of do it the way we all witnessed it? Or was it kind of shot out of out of sequence? So you're like, who am I? Am I am I which which version of, of Angela am I today? <laughs> um well it was it was shot out of sequence. Um, but I think just you know, down to you know, down to Kate's writing and her direction, it was very clear which Angela was coming to the forefront with every scene. And, you know, the prep was done, the homework was done, the conversations were had um, before we shot. And there was a lot that we obviously discovered as we as we went along. But to like, to be honest with you, just getting the opportunity to play a character where you can deviate and you can uh, wander off into different uh, kind of aspects of it. It was like, listen, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was a challenge, um, uh, but it was the right it was the correct kind of difficult um, and I loved it and I, it helped me learn a lot. Um, it was, it was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. And it was like getting to come in every day and kind of go, right, what tone, what tone is it today now? Uh, and luckily enough, you know, in when this, when the scenes, when the, when it wasn't rolling, um, the general environment uh, on the set was just incredibly light and playful. Um, yeah. So that really, uh, that really helped with it as well, but no, absolutely loved it. If I could do it all again, I would. <laughs> I actually I was going to ask that. I was like, when you're making a film that's kind of as psychologically heavy as this, it is it is it easier? I know you've you've kind of answered it, but like, is it is it easier to kind of maintain that in between takes? You know, so you're kind of in the zone, as it were, 
or do you, is it like kind of a reprieve? It's necessary for both the people in front of and behind the camera. It's kind of like, you know, we need to keep the energy up because if we're stuck in this, like we don't want to be like, that was, I'm exhausted mentally after, after that film day. Yeah, like to be honest, it didn't seem like every every day walking in was was uh, really fun. Um, I think there might have been like there were one or two scenes that were obviously going to be, um, you know, without giving anything away, we're going to be quite physically demanding and we're going to be quite, um, you know, so there was, you know, maybe on those days I might have been possibly a little quieter than, than usual. But to be honest with you, like when I look back on it, um, like there were belly laughs every day do you know what I mean there was always uh fun and there was always time for the silly and uh you know that was my experience of it anyway that uh it was always there was always a lovely light um atmosphere going on behind the scenes and that that wasn't difficult that was very easy I think um whatever kind of dynamic we all kind of created together uh we were able to kind of switch on and switch off as needed you know yeah, I think definitely. I think, um, yeah, when things are heavy, I don't think you can keep them heavy all the time. Do you know what I mean? I think um, that would be incredibly draining for everybody. So I think you need to, yeah, we have enough few laughs. Like Hazel brought her tarot cards a couple of days and was doing our tarot readings in between setups and stuff like that. So um, we were just, yeah, having a great time. I think everyone as well, like, you know, it was important to me that when we were casting and when we were crewing the film that the people... We were getting involved I knew they would be just like you know down to earth nice personality people who you know you knew would it would make a nice environment on set and everyone would kind of be feeling comfortable and happy and um you know that was really important to me because obviously the film was very low budget so we needed pe- everyone to feel a part of the team and kind of like it was a team effort and we were all working together for this and I think that definitely came through and uh, it made the atmosphere very nice on set I think even though you know it could be stressful some days but you still yeah as you said you were laughing like a lot and having a great time too well some of the days I imagine where the fun was had but also not had and I have to commend you for this because never in a million years would I have thought you could have found the horror of Joe Dolan (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like I as that scene began I was like okay yeah this is Wait, what? What's happening? And it, just, <laughs> it was such like it's just one of those kind of standout moments where it's it's gonna I know it's gonna be a turn. Anytime I hear that song now, I'm gonna be like, ooh. <laughs> but but um I guess like how how did it come about to decide that was going to be kind of the soundtrack for that particular scene? And uh I'm not sure like how the copyright people would work, like, hey. Joe Dolan or Joe Dolan to say, <laughs> can we use this for an absolutely terrifying scene in this horror, horror movie? Yeah, um, it's funny actually. So we actually, the composer Dee Hexen, who made an amazing score, she had created a song for that scene where Carolyn's dancing to a vinyl that she puts on in the house. And we had, the, it was very like intense trad kind of music that, the composer had made and we loved it and Carolyn loved it and we choreographed all that that scene to that track and we played that track really loud on set when we filmed that scene and then uh, we were all really happy with it thought it looked amazing it sounded amazing then we got into the edit and me and the editor were editing that scene and we had it with that track and it was all working really well 
And then we were breaking for Christmas, me and the editor, and uh, we thought we'd send that scene to the producer to as a, like an example of like, look, we just did this great scene. Merry Christmas. We'll get back to work after a Christmas break. Here you go. But then I was like, oh, can you take um, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You and just put it under this, that scene for the producer as like a joke kind of. Um, so the editor did that and then, but then we sent it to her and then me and him started watching it back. And at first we were like laughing, but then there was something about it that just added something much more menacing to the scene that it was like a happy song. And then, you know, her actions are very much, uh, you know, uh, fighting with that, I suppose. And we just were like, okay, maybe this needs to be something else that plays here instead of the track that we had. So obviously we can't afford Mariah Carey, um, but unfortunately. <laughs> but I, so then I started thinking like, what vinyls would Granny, the character who owns that house, what vinyls would she have? as like, you know, a North Dublin woman. I was thinking back to my granny's vinyls that she had in her house and stuff. And we just, yeah, Joe Dolan was just one that came up and then we we tested out kind of a few different songs. And then that song, Yeah, You're Such a Good Looking Woman by Joe Dolan, uh, it just fit. It just kind of worked. And um, yeah, then we asked, we asked Joe Dolan's estate. They didn't actually say anything about what the film was. So I don't know if they like... Definitely watched it, but uh, we'll see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just one uh, last question, if that's okay. I think there is something so inherently Irish about this, and there's, there's always been, like, uh, kind of spooky folklore in, in Ireland. Like, it's something we love to tell. There's always, everyone's granny has the scariest story or the scariest thing they've ever heard um, as a child. Is there, for both of you, is there any kind of part of... I guess a spooky story set in Ireland or any kind of Irish folklore on, uh, that you think hasn't maybe been a tackled yet that you're, you reckon this could be something that, you know, Irish horror could tackle next or even something that you both yourselves would like to be a part of. Banshee. <laughs> yeah. I think um, there's something about the Banshee. She's just like, She's just fairly frightening. I think the idea of like the comb and like mm. then that means like, you know, it's so ominous, just like kind of, you know, you're doomed basically. Um, if you hear her and like, you, there's not much you can do about it. And I think um, when I was researching actually folklore for the film, like it's really interesting that the Banshee, this kind of wailing woman, there's like equivalents in different parts of the world as well. So like in Asia, they have a kind of a similar character and in, Mexican and kind of South American folklore there is you know La Llorona Mm -hmm. I'm probably butchering that but it's another kind of character like that so I always find that it you know I love legends that actually kind of cross borders in a way as well um but yeah I think the Banshee's pretty pretty scary one yeah I can see the teaser poster and everything it's just the comb yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) a comb on a rock just like exactly Banshee (laughs) Kate and Carolyn, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you. Thanks so much. Um, Thanks a million, Rory. Best of luck with the the screening this evening as well. Thank you. Kate Dolan and Carolyn Bracken there. The very best of luck because, uh, as we said, the premiere has now happened of their film. Brilliant reception to it, not just in Ireland, all over the world as well. I know you were saying about the different titles, You Are Not My Mother in other countries. It's known as Samhain. Like, like, can we not just locally call it You Are Not My Mammy? You can. I think down here it'd be You Are Not My Ma. 
<laughs> you're, you're not my man. You're so we're going to local. We're going to localize the titles for regional accents across Ireland, essentially. Yeah, like I think no one in real life refers to their ma slash mommy slash mom as mother. And mother. If they do, they're, there's, that's, there's something up already. That's the problem. <laughs> that's, that's the scary thing. Uh, so as you said, uh, go and see it in a double bill with the Batman this Friday, 4th of March. Uh, support Irish. Of course, you want to go and see the Batman as well. But do, as you said, it's... It's it's wonderful whenever an Irish film, and we've been blessed in the last couple of years, whenever a really good, strong Irish film, because you want to support everything anyway, mm. but it really does help whenever it's actually a really good film as well. Yeah, especially when it's a genre film, because I know we do yeah. drama well, and sometimes we do dark, comedy Dark comedy, comedy well, yeah. But like it, it, it is great just to see more and more horror i'd love to see ireland do attempt to do more sci-fi i'd love you know just other genres that aren't what we know we we're good at and i know necessarily we don't have the hollywood blockbuster budget to make the big ones but we can do it guys this is proof good horror let's do it there's that how's that pep talk for the irish film industry that's that's incredible speaking of big ones Mm. The Big Review Ski, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can also head over to Joe YouTube page to catch uh, loads of the interviews uh, in the visual format as well, well for your eyes. But not um, this one. So listen, but, but, but not this, this one. Is just, just, <laughs> this is just for your ears. Um, Rory, thank you as ever. Thank you to Sound Paul on Sound as well. And um, yeah, no, I'm going to go book my tickets for the double bill of the Batman and the Batman. Are you going to bring your mom? I don't know if we're talking anymore because, again, just my, my nerves are absolutely shot to pieces. So bring thank her, you for ruining, bring ruining yet another movie. one of my relationships. Bring her to this movie and see how she reacts. If she's like, he's if he's like he's on to me, then, you know. <laughs> Mommy, Bobby, listen, my therapist, Dr. Rory Cashin, says I have to bring you to this. So you have to you have to speak to me and you have to come with me as well. So, yeah, listen, thanks for helping me work everything out. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.